Hey guys, it's CJ, and I'm going to be reading chapter 10. The two dogs ran straight to the bowl, as if they knew beforehand exactly where they would find it. Nip rushed in and grabbed it by the nose, and Tuck sank his teeth into its left rear leg. Zek was riding just behind him, the small horse darting effortlessly around trees and jumping over vines. Tobias followed on the other horse. When the bull tried to break free, Nip sank his teeth in deeper, causing a trickle of blood to stain the tip of his nose. Then the bull stood motionless, its eyes wild and staring downward at the dog. Tobias jumped from his horse and grabbed the bull by its horns, putting all, all his strength into a twisting motion that finally sent the bull sprawling on its side. As Zek tied its legs together, the dogs turned loose and backed away. Tobias started fire, and when the flames were burning bright, he put the burning iron into the center. He said, it seems to me we're still doing this wrong, running all around all over the woods and making a fire every time we put on a mark. We ought to build a pen down here and wait till we get five or six cows in a bunch and brand them all at the same time. It does make sense, Zek replied, and I bet, and I bet you that Nip and Tuck could bring us cows by themselves without no help at all from us. I already seen them do it. They could go make a, they could make a cow go anywhere they want to. All I'd have to do is show them to the pen and say, get them. We'll start a pen tomorrow. Fact is, we'll build two and put them a mile apart. This is all to be even better. I can bring them in by myself too, Papa. The other day, Ishmael made a cow walk a straight line through the brush. It seemed he knowed, he knowed ever more the cow was going to make. And then he made it first. I think he's part cow himself. He sure knows what a cow is going to do. When the iron glowed red, Tobias took it from the fire and pressed it into the bull's side. Smoke boiled upward from burning hair as the iron seared the lotus empty eye into the bull's hide. He kicked twice and tried to get up. Then Tobias re released the ropes. The bull struggled to his feet and ran off into the woods. The dog walked. The dogs watched attentively, waiting for a signal for them to hunt again. And Tobias patted on the head and said, "Go get him, dogs! Get him!" They immediately, they immediately streaked away into the bush. Zek said, them dogs is, is a sight, ain't they, Papa? They surely are. I don't know how we're going to get along without them. They keep this up. They're going to be MacIvory cows all over this place. You best put out that fire now and do it real good. Seems like a full idea to be running around building fires all over the swamp. The sound of yelping came from a mile away, and Zek said, they only struck another one already. Sure sounds like it. They don't even give us a chance to rest. Let's ride over and see it. This time, they did not race the horses, knowing that the dogs would hold the cow, even to sundown if necessary. When they reached the spot, the dogs were running around and around, and around a thick clump of palmetto, barking and growling at the same time. Tobias watched for a moment, then he said, I sure ain't no cow they got in there this time. Don't go in yet. It could be a bear in them bushes. The dogs continued circling and growling. Tobias took the rifle from his saddle holster. He said, whatever it is, it sure don't want to come out. It must be something besides a bear. Else the horses would have done smote him by now and put on a show. Ain't no horses nowhere is going to stand still for a bear, not even Ishmael. For five minutes, the dogs continued circling to Palmetto. Then Tobias said, we're going to have to flush it out, whatever it is. Get a big stick and throw it in there. I'll keep the gun aimed. Zek dismounted and picked up a hickory limb. Tobias said to him, don't get any closer, throw it as far back as you can. Zek whirled around and around, then he released the limb. It arced upward and crashed down right into the center of the palmetto clump. Nothing happened for a moment more. Then they heard a rustling sound as if something was crawling. 
Then a black head peered through a fawn. The black man crawled forward slowly, watching the dogs. His eyes peered terror. He glanced up poor, upon, upward and saw the rifle pointing at him. And then he said, Don't shoot me, mister, and call him off them critters. I don't mean no harm. His voice trembled as he spoke. Tobias and Zek were both surprised. They did nothing but stare. Finally, Tobias said, Get the dogs away from him, Zek. Make them hush up. Zek called the dogs to him and held them as Tobias dismounted, the rifle still in his hand. He said, Fellow, what are you doing hiding in there? I could have shot in there blind and killed you. The dogs, the black man said, his voice still shaky. They got to me before I could go up a tree, and there weren't nowhere else for me to go. I thought they were with wolves. They do favor wolves a mite, Tobias said, but they don't hurt you now. You can come out of there. We don't aim to do you any harm. When the black man stood up, he was even taller than Tobias, at least six and a half feet and his forearm was the largest Tobias thigh. He was dressed in tattered blue shirt and had on a pair of pants that seemed to have been made from a feed sack. He appeared to be the same age as Tobias, and he was the blackest man Tobias had ever seen. When he spoke, his white teeth gleamed like elephant ivory. He said, You ain't got a little scup of food, has you? I ain't et since the day before yesterday. Doesn't, don't have anything here, Tobias said, but there's vittles back at the house. We'll be glad to feed you. Where'd you come from, anyway? Just to the south of Tallahassee. T Tallahassee, Tobias repeated. You mean you walked slammed down here from Tallahassee? So sure did. I've been drifting now for a night on a year. I've been shot at stomps and chased by dogs. But this is the first time I've been treated by wolves. They ain't wolves, Zach said, listening curiously. They's dogs. Well, you could have fooled me. I would have swore to God they were wolves. Tobias said, I'm Tobias McIvory, and this is my boy, Zach. Who'll you be? Skillet. Your name's Skillet? That's all I've ever known as, Skillet. Well, Skillet, I sure would like to hear what you got to say for yourself. And I know you're about to starve, so let's go to the house and see to your belly first. We'll talk later. That will sure be fine, but just don't let them wolves get to me. They ain't wolves, Zack said again. They're these dogs. Their names are Nip and Tuck, and they can catch any cow you've ever seen. I just bet they can, Skillet said. Tobias watched, watched the black man as he wolfed down the bowl of stewed squash and chomped on a fried coon leg, bone and all. Emma watched too, thinking that he was the hungriest man she had ever seen. She said, would you like more squash? That's the last piece of coon meat till I cook some more. I sure would, must, Mrs. I'd be, right, I'd be right proud to eat another bowl of yours, a fine cook, a fine one. Tobias said, as soon as I get a smokehouse bill, I aim to shoot a cow. Fresh meat wouldn't keep no time at all in this heat. I'll have beef as soon as I'm done with the smokehouse. I ain't ever ate a smoke cow, Skillet said, stuffing his mouth in squash. Only hog, and not much of that. So belly, mostly. It's quite good, Tobias said. I smoked once, one once before, before when we lived up in the scrub. Zek said, you ride a horse? I bet you ain't never seen a horse like Ishmo. He's a marsh tacky. I've read plenty of them, and mules too. When I was a boy, I used to ride a goat, turn your back on him, and he would knock you over a fence. Zack was fascinated by the black man. He said, You been a slave? Zack, Emma snapped. Why are you asking him a question like that? It's alright, missus. I've been that too. I was born on a plantation in Georgia. My daddy and my granddaddy were slaves. When I was four years old, I was sold to a man in Tallahassee and went to farm there. I guess I'd still be a slave had not been for this war. What happened to you after the war? When the war ended, they said... We were all free, and we could do whatever we wanted. Some folks went up north, and some stayed where there was. I claimed me a little piece of land and built me a cabin on it, and then I started a farm. I had a fine garden. 
uh, waited long after that some men came to the house one night, said they didn't want no black men building a house or running a farm. They was all dressed in white sheets and had hoods over their faces. I told them I was supposed to be free and they didn't see how I got in could hurt nobody. They raw-hearted me good, whooped me like I ain't been whooped before. Then they tromped my, down my garden with their horses, set fire to the cabin. Ever since then I've been drifting south, sleeping wherever I could and stealing chickens when I could find one. I guess someday I got to find me a place and stop. They whoop you with a whip, jackass? The show did. You got a whip that kills rabbits and squirrels and coons and rattlers too. You want to see it? Zek, I must say again. Uh, we don't want to see no whip. Hush up now and let Skillet talk. We want to hear. It's about the end of it, Skillet said. I guess I should uh, turn north instead of south. There don't seem to be nothing down here but woods and swamps. You're the first white folks ever give me a meal. Uh, where would you go from here, Tobias asked. Don't know. Don't even know where I'm at now. So far as I know, there ain't nothing in the far south but swampin' Indians, I said. I never met a white man who's there. It was Indians from down there who gave us most tacky and dogs. They were Seminoles. How come they do that, Skillet asked. We've done a favor once. I got an idea, Skillet. Why don't we stay on here for a while? We would, we would be a, you would be a big help to me, Insect. We couldn't pay you nothing because we ain't got nothing, but we could... Build you a little cabin to stay in. The garden ought to come in soon, and you will help me with the smokehouse. We'll kill us a cow. You mean you'll let me stay here, Skillet asked? Not sure if he was to hearing Tobias said. What do you say, Elma? Tobias asked. It's fine with me. He would be a big help to you and Zek, and it's just as easy to cook for four as three. It won't be no bother at all. Will you say stay, Tobias said? I shall will, Skillet said, grinning and flashing the ivory teeth. Eyes awfully tired of drifting. I'm beholden to you, Mr. Tobias, and to you, Mrs. Emma. I've never known them wolves doing me such a favor by putting me in them bushes. They ain't wolves, Zack said. They're dogs. Then he turned to Tobias and said, Can Skillet ride your horse, Papa? I found an eagle nest down the river. I want to show it to him. They've got babies. Can he, Papa? He can ride whatever he, whenever he wants. Zack stopped him and said, Come on, Skillet, but you better watch that big old horse. He ain't no marsh tacky. He runs straight, and if you don't watch him, he'll knock you off a tree. Then he reached the door, Skillet turned around and said, As soon as we were back, we'll start on that smokehouse, Mr. Tobias. It won't take us no time to, at all to build one. No time at all. Zek grabbed his arm and pulled him out the door, saying, Come on, Skillet, come on. Tobias and Emma were both smiling. Okay, guys, so that's the end of chapter 10.